listening to worst show ever. I'm CJ Boyd. I'm here with my buddy Andrew Weathers. This is uh, the first, but hopefully not the last show that I record while driving. Uh, <laughs> let's see how that goes. Andrew and I are touring together uh, to the southwest. He lives in Littlefield, Texas, and we're playing shows around uh, West Texas, New Mexico. Arizona, coming back to New Mexico. We just left uh, Silver City, New Mexico, on our way to Bisbee, Arizona. Set the scene for you. And um, Andrew and I have known each other for a long time, for maybe 10 years. We yeah, established just 10 years, right yeah. about 10 years. Uh, we first met in Dayton, Ohio, playing at the Dayton Dirt Collective. Lovely, lovely spot. Uh, Andrew's done lots of touring. And uh, so he's somebody that I wanted, definitely wanted to get in on this worst show ever business. Um, you've been thinking about it a little bit. A little bit. You know, it's like whenever I hear other people's tour stories, I feel like my tour stories are not as wild and crazy okay. as theirs. Fair. Uh, okay. Because we've been talking about the other shows. Yeah, I've been yeah. telling. So this is a little bit of an unusual thing because we're traveling together. So he just, he was just there as we... Uh, I was talking to Dustin Hammond uh, from Run On Sentence. But yeah, so he's heard some of the other stories because I had just left Austin when I picked him up in Littlefield and I just talked to Thor Harris and Ralph White, Emily Cross, and uh, Sarah Gautier. So, um, what do you think? You got, you got some more? Yeah, I got, I got two stories. All right. Uh, and they kind of like fit into the different categories. Like, uh, I was thinking about like what is the fewest number of people that I've ever had in a show. Okay. And that's uh, I had these two shows back to back. One of my early tours, uh, I was doing like a week of shows with Eric Paul from St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, just around the Midwest, and we played at uh, the Iowa City Yacht Club. somebody and we're like we're playing downstairs I think it's free if you want to come hang out 
did our set. And then she put down her book and was like, okay, see ya. <laughs> and I was like, oh god, like. So she was, she she was, was the only person she there? She was the only person there. And she was reading a book. She was reading a book. And like that, and it's like, I feel like, it's like we like forced this person to watch this book. Like, do you think she just felt like she didn't want to say no because that would be I, true? Yeah. It's also, and I've been in, I've been on both sides of this, where when you're the only person at a show, you you don't have the freedom to just walk out. You can't just leave. I mean, it's it's different if you're playing. Yeah. If you're a musician and you these people know you, that's shitty. You're an asshole if you just walk out and you're the only person in the room. But I feel like if you're not involved with the show, you can. I mean, it's it sucks, but. You don't know that lady's name. You're never gonna no. see her again. If she wanted to leave, yeah. what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. You, like, you just. But then the next night, okay, <laughs> we're playing in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, I've played in Manhattan. Okay, yeah. uh, that's only one time. This was the only time uh, I played in Manhattan. What was it? What's the venue? I was trying to think of it. It was a like a, a bakery, um, and it was obvious that the promoter had just like pulled in a favor. Okay. Like, hey, I don't know where I'm gonna put this show. Yeah. Can it Can be, we be here? at your bakery? Yeah. Uh, and it was just me and Eric on the bill. It was in the summer. No college kids were there. So no locals. No locals. Okay. Uh, the promoter was hanging out, and for some reason there were these two like eight-year-old boys <laughs> like hanging out at the show, and they they watched all of my set. And then Eric started playing, and then they, I guess they got bored, and they left. They were eight-year-olds? Yeah, eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds, they were just my, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they were the only people at the show. And, okay. And they left. And were they there for, like, cookies? I mean, it's I a bakery. Know. That's the thing. Is like, I think that they were just, like, chilling out. Yeah. Like, wandering around. But town. parents were nowhere to be seen. No, no parents. Huh. It could be misremembering. Okay. That's how it was. That's hilarious. Now I'm curious. And so wait, they left. I'm trying to remember. So I know Eric. Yeah. I've seen him do kind of a variety of things. Was he playing a more like abrasive? Uh, thing? It was when he was doing his like uh, uh, CDJ sine wave thing. Okay. It was like it's like it's not super harsh. Okay. But it was it didn't capture the attention of the eight year olds. Yeah. Which is they, it's like after my which like, is a tough sell. Thing. That's yeah, that's it's hard. A tough sell. <laughs> that's typical. I mean, I told you the other day about I that show in Pendleton, Oregon, where I was playing at like a wine bar. Or did I tell you this? I don't think you told me this. There were there were some little kids. There was a family. Yeah. And they were like the only people in the room. And one of the kids said that I was better than. Oh, you were better than Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Yeah. yeah that's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was his, that was his reference. He just was like. Wow, I was better than Third Eye Blind. That's good. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't worse than Third Eye yeah. Blind, but this kid clearly liked Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Maybe Third Eye Blind was the only band he knew. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that kid. But yeah, it's, it's, that's a rough. That's a rough one. Now I gotta ask you: Have you ever played a show for zero people? I mean, you, were that was that the low, the lowest? Because when you say what was the lowest amount, I think well the lowest is zero. That's that's right. the smallest number. I mean, but does like the bands count? 
why are they? Because I don't. It's more just a question. I mean, you can take it either way. Yeah. Because I've I've played one show that I can think of where I was literally playing for no no people. one in the room, and it was in Oregon. It was in uh, what's the town? Not Ashland, or maybe it is Ashland. Yeah, Ashland, Oregon. I'm pretty sure. Um, in fact, I was just talking, talking to yeah. Ralph White about this. He played a show there for nobody yeah. as well. Um, or he played, it was like, there were no locals. There was nobody in there. There was one guy who was running the bar. And then I'm playing for like, I've been maybe in five, ten minutes into a set. And then the, the barman like steps outside for a smoke. <laughs> and he's hanging out there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And I'm just playing to an entirely empty room. It makes you think. You're like, yeah. Do I want to keep doing this? Like, I mean, I'm having a nice time. I guess I'm. I like yeah. playing bass, but it. That's one of those things I think has also changed for me. Like being on the road more. Yeah. Where like I think in my twenties I sort of thought I love playing bass. So whatever. If there's a place <laughs> for me to play bass, nobody wants to listen to it. I'm still gonna play. Yeah. And now I feel like, man, I got shit to do. I'll, yeah. I, I'll probably just. Go work on something somewhere else right now yeah. instead of I play plays I get to play bass every day regardless I don't need to do it on a stage for yeah. no people I can do it in my van for no people and not feel awkward I think anytime like anytime I've like passed the threshold of there being two people in the room and there being no people in the room I just uh, stop playing yeah I've never I've had shows where there's not a single person there. Um, I feel like there's a difference between there being like, there were, the promoter was there and there were two other people, but then they left. And then yeah. they, uh, there's a difference between that and just no one showing up. And like a promoter, I guess for our listeners, in case this isn't obvious, but there's, there's promoters who like give a shit about the show. Yeah. And are stoked about the show, and then there's people that are just hosting you, like at a bar, where like there's not, where there's clearly not a promoter. There's just the person that runs the bar, and then they're the ones who set up the show, but they didn't do anything to make that show not suck. Yeah, there was there was a time when I was on tour with Stubborn Tiny Lights, and we played we played a bar situation like you're saying, and.
Hat Cafe. And it was a bar. But, and I think this is typical in Las Vegas. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in bars in Las Vegas. But at the bar, every bar stool has a little gaming system yeah. there yeah. at the bar. Like, you don't have to go to a room that has slot machines and stuff in it. You can just lose your money. You can just anywhere. be sitting there drinking a beer and losing money yeah. right there. Yeah. Somebody wins money, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in principle. Um, but so it was, a, it was that kind of thing. And there were, there was a local, there was like a singer-songwriter, this woman, I can't remember her name, but who played um, the set. And then there was this kind of awesome, like, I don't want to say uh, post-rock, but like kind of, I think, instrumental rock coming out of like Explosions in the Sky, that, that kind of thing. Uh, and they were really young. Like, they were so young that so they were going to put, I was the only touring act, so they were going to put me in the middle, but at some point it became clear that members of, or like the girlfriend of one of the guys in the band had a curfew and would not be able to stay for their set played last and I think the singer-songwriter wanted to play first she also bailed as soon as she was done playing so yeah. I think she was and I think this is again part of the like Las Vegas scene as opposed to a lot of other places where she was like there to play not there to listen to anyone else's yeah. set or do anything with anyone else she kind of just like played there were a handful of people that came out to see her they all left when she was done there were a couple people that came out to see this like post-rock band. And they were, like I said, they were all like high school age. Yeah. And um, I was like, honestly, like there's hardly anybody here anyway. I'll just play last. And like, I'm expecting to play to nobody, but it doesn't make a huge difference. Like if you're, if some of your crew is gonna have to bounce and not even see your set, like they're probably just gonna leave now anyway. It doesn't matter. So I said, yeah, I'll just play last then. And um, they, remember, most of that band stuck around, the ones who didn't have a curfew, uh, stuck around for my set. And that's, that was pretty much all. There's maybe like one or two people at the bar and then like members of this band. But it was also this kind of deal where we get, where I got paid a percentage of the bar. But so it's, a, it's generally not, not the worst show, but not great. And so I'm, you know, it's done. And I go up to the bar and I'm like, hey, so just, I guess, I guess, just, do I have to wait? I wasn't sure. Sometimes with the bar, if you're getting paid a percentage, you have to wait to a certain amount. And she's like, oh, yeah, they, um, we don't pay you here. We'll, like, mail you a check. And I was like, no, that's not, it's not cool. Like, I need to, I don't really live anywhere, so I don't really want to do that. Um, I guess... That's a terrible policy. I don't think you should do that in general. But I was like, can, is there any way around that? She's like, I don't know. I just, I mean, that's what they tell me. You can talk to the owner. So she gives me the number for the owner. And then I call him. And he's like, okay, well, we don't usually do this. But the thing is, the, the woman there is not, she, she's not allowed to, like, she doesn't do the money, like, for the night. Also, it's a 24-hour place. They're open all night. So, but she, he's like, this person comes in at 6 a.m., they'll do the drawer, and then they can, they'll pay. And I was like, 
I have to wait till six in the morning. He's like, eh, sorry, that's that's the yeah. that's the fast we do. So I'm like, it's fine. I now I will say and this is turning into a longer story than I meant to say. Um, a lot of times, if I play kind of a shitty show, it's it's kind of therapeutic to just leave that town. Yeah. Like, and oh, I mean, yeah. because I have a van that I can sleep in anyway, and that's what I'm gonna do anyway. It just feels nice to be like that's behind me now. It's yeah. just a nice way of being done yeah. with a not very ideal situation. And it's just like, it feels better when you're, when you get to go to sleep a couple hundred miles away from whatever yeah. kind of bummer thing was happened. And I was looking forward to like getting on the road to San Diego, I think is where I was going next. But I was like, okay, well fine, I'll just sleep here and I'll, when I get up, I'll come back by. So I came back by at like 10 or 11. It was like considerably after 6 a.m. and this person hadn't come in yet and they're like yeah should be here a little later I'm like I'm waiting around for this please tell me when I can come in for sure and, get, and it's not going to be a lot of money I know it's not going to be a lot of money but I need it so can you when can they were like come back at three should definitely be like fuck okay fine three o'clock so I go to a coffee shop, do some work. I call at like 2.45 to make sure that this is happening. Yes, she's come in, the check's here. Cool, I go there. It's a check for $5 even. Nice. Yes. If I had thought about it, I'd have been like, you know what, I'm leaving. <laughs> but I did not think about it. And I think I, I think I kept that check. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where, where I'd put it, but uh, I thought of I thought of an additional story. Okay, you know that tour with Stubborn Tiny Lights. Yeah. Oh wait, I want to say for our listeners because Stubborn Tiny Lights is a large band. Yeah, nine people. Nine people. Stubborn right. Tiny Lights versus Clustering Darkness Forever. Okay, is the full band name. I did not know this. That's what is it? Stubborn Tiny Lights versus Clustering Darkness Forever. Okay. That's the, I that's never the full that. name. Of I their never band. knew yeah. that. Oh yeah. So our mutual friend Kyle Miller, yeah. uh, who lives in Iowa City now, and Lindsay uh, Keys, and Lindsay Keys, who lives in Des Moines now, uh, they were both living in uh, Cedar Falls. Cedar Falls at the time. Yeah. Okay. And then seven other people. I don't yeah. think I know most. Of the, do I know any of the other uh, folks? No, I don't think so. Um, but nine people. That's that's. I just want to mention that because yeah. that's unusual and. When, and when Andrew, I also had other people because I was doing Andrew Withers Ensemble on that too. Oh, so, so how Austin, many people were? It was like eleven people in the band. Okay, Austin was the because some of the, were some of the stubborn kids also playing in. Lindsay and Kyle were playing in the ensemble. Okay, Austin was with me for that whole tour, and uh, Rin, Rin in Atlanta. Okay, was with us. I think for the whole section of the Summer Tiny Lights. Because so, I was so also twelve. I guess that's 12 people. 12 people. Yeah. Okay. That's, and that's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So just when he mentions that, like, what was it, seven, seven dollars? Seven dollars split between Yeah. That's for 12 that's, people. That's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that whole tour, it's like, we, all of us were super green. Right. And, and like, right. we're trying to do this, like, basically full U.S. tour, going to California and back, 
Right. That was the first time I went to California. You were living in North Carolina. I was in North Carolina. In yeah. Greensboro? In Greensboro. Yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was a brutal tour. We yeah. like literally bought a new van mid-tour. Now, did they buy it or you buy it? or shared it. But so then at the end of the tour, it's your van together? It's their van. Okay. It is their van. <laughs>
That's uh, nice. And for and like I think the dude had like a good bong, like a weed bong, and so everyone was like stamped to stay there except for me. Right. And like red. <laughs> was and every was uh, most of the folks were down to smoke some, some yeah, weed? I bet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I was like, I'm not into this situation. I am gonna put my sleeping bag on the porch because I I can't. Didn't want to be. I can't sleep inside. And yeah. I, I'm like.
I'm like packed up and ready to go. And I was like, and then I asked him about, I was like, oh, and so the, as far as the door, he's like, yeah, I gave, I gave you the one. Uh, and I was like, wait, no. what? <laughs> <laughs> when you said you had $65, that made it sound like you had $65 that you wanted to spend. <laughs> you just paid me in my money. That's not a thing. You don't get to do that. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, and you might, listeners may not realize this, but you might, I mean, that guy was so high yeah. the whole time. I don't know that he realizes what he did. Yeah. Like, he may have just not, it may have not occurred to him. Did that money but that's his. totally yeah. not okay. <laughs> you don't get to buy stuff with the door money that goes to the tour. That's their money. People didn't pay their for you to buy records. That's not, nobody gave admission for that. It was to help the touring person pay for fuel and food. I hope that you interview Kyle and Lindsay. Oh yeah, Cause I hope so. I, I would be curious, the absolute worst post-show situation was also on that. Summer Teddy Lights Tour, and I have a feeling that they would also tell this story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to tell them first. Yeah, tell them first. And maybe they'll have a different perspective. Yeah, I'm sure they, well, and I'm sure it's like the whole thing was such a shit show that they definitely saw shit that I didn't see. Right, right, okay. Uh, So for listeners, tune in. Every week for worst show ever. Salt Lake City. I should have. I should have like. It'd be cool. You could do a whole show of just everyone's take on yeah. one show. Everyone in Summer Tiny Lights yeah. tour yeah. because there's like twelve people. Yeah. You do a whole three months good. of like just one show. Okay, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. So we like, you know, we planned Salt Lake City. The show was. I mean, it wasn't particularly bad, but it wasn't. Lucky to book a show that's going to pay enough money for a 24-hour drive. 
Yeah, that's yeah, not gonna. It's happen. not gonna happen. And especially not on like one of your first tours. It's not. Nobody's gonna pay that much yeah, money. No. So, um, it's just bad all around. You're just, you're just hemorrhaging money. Yeah, that that whole tour was just everybody, like twelve people, bleeding money. Yeah, it sucks. And then like everyone has to pay for their own food. Yeah. Like, so everyone's like running out of money. Yeah. On their own, but then as far as any kind of like band fun, you yeah, can't keep it's up. Just not Salt Lake City. So we knew we needed a place to stay because we had this long ass drive. Somewhere, but in some in Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. Okay. It's like we wanted to rest up. And go. Yeah, yeah. Makes uh, sense. And there was nobody in the show really. Oh wait, one other question. Did you have was was there like what was your buffer 